0: I don't know if you if you saw on Facebook or whatever, Pastor Mark's birthday was this last Monday. So we want to we want to wish you a happy birthday. The staff has gotten you a gift card for you guys to go down to the melting pot whenever you want. That's our and favorite place. I, we knew, we knew, we knew, we knew. Let's stand up together. Let's wish him a happy birthday. Wow. All right. I'm gonna let you guys take it because my voice is sore. Here we go. One, two, three. Thank you. <laughs> wow, I had forgotten. When you get my age, you you want to forget as quick as you can. All right, stand up again. Hold your Bibles up high. Welcome all of you watching online. Say this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God, and I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, this month we're doing a series addressing the chaos of Christmas. Now, how many of you have read the Christmas story without your rose-colored glasses on? It was a mess. You've got a, a young lady who has... Been as innocent and pure as the driven snow in the person of Mary. Uh, A very responsible Joseph, betrothed to her, trying to do everything right. And God steps in and she's pregnant. And she's got to explain this story to her family. Then you have the shepherds in the fields. And you have the magi who are addressing Herod. and, And having to make decisions about his motives when he says... Go find him that I might worship him too. All of these things and dreams and all these things going on. It was the best of times and the most difficult of times. And that may be where some of us are at today, addressing all of our family issues and people coming in from out of town and and what are we going to buy for gifts and all of these things. So I just decided uh, that I would say we're gonna we're gonna challenge this. Christmas chaos. We're going to address it. How do I live through it? How do I get beyond it? How do I enjoy Christmas without looking and saying, I can't wait till it's over and it's not even here yet? And you're already thinking through how wonderful it's going to be when everybody's gone. Now, I know you don't want to admit it. None of us do, but the reality is there are a lot of moving parts. There are it's the Christmas meal. There's do we do Christmas Eve? Do we do Christmas Day? Who do we invite? What's it going to be like? Food going to be good? Do we have enough money to get everybody gifts? What are we going to get them? What do they want? What do they need? They got everything at their fingertips on their smartphone. You don't have to buy anything anymore. Amazon will get it to you tomorrow. So now you can do last minute shopping from home in your PJs. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2. <laughs> We're going to confront the chaos of Christmas season. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. Now I want to pause here a moment. How come all Jerusalem... Was disturbed with him. You ever thought about it? I mean they just came and told King Herod. There's always one person that's going to stir the pot. How did everybody find out? It had to be because King Herod decided to let everybody know there was going to be trouble in the land. How many of you know all of us have an Uncle Herod? A Cousin Herod. Somebody who's going to make sure that they're not going to be disturbed alone. It's the old saying, misery loves company. It only takes one bad apple. I got other things to say too. But it only takes one to come into a perfectly calm situation and stir things up. Going to help us today, but I'm going to interject here before I get to the actual points. Is Whenever somebody comes to your house this holiday season and they begin the process of making sure everybody's disturbed, Stop and say, You know what? I think we just ought to pray. Boy, that'll you. That, nothing irritates a disturbed person like prayer. God, thank you that everybody's at peace. We thank you for the joy that you bring this time of year, Lord. We thank you that all of us have issues, but we're not going to address our issues today. We're going to celebrate your birth. Thank you, Jesus, for willingly coming into the world. Not just as a baby child, but as a grown man who looked at the world that was persecuting you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. And, 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 and being raised from the dead. And you're coming back. And you're not coming back for all the disturbed people, Jesus. Thank you. Now, we know he is, but we've got to address the disturbed person who's disturbing everybody. The reason I'm sharing this is because I think all of us imagine that everybody else's family is different than ours. We're the only family that's having challenges. Nobody else is like us. Oh, yeah, they are. Some people just have failed to admit it. And certainly they don't need to talk about it. We don't need to talk about it. But what do we do in times like these where we are here to celebrate the most special, at least one of the most special days, past, present, or future, and we've got so much going on. Uh, I read a book once at the recommendation of a, f- a friend of mine. and it, I, I, I downloaded it. It's on my phone. I, I go to it. I audio book. I just go to it on a regular basis. I don't know if it's a Christian book, uh, which I wouldn't have said years ago because I'd want all of you to believe that's all I read. <laughs> but how many of you know some people have perspective that, that we might need? And, and I think it is actually a book written by a Christian lady, but to broaden her audience She really says all the right things without using Scripture and verse, but it's called loving what is. And during a difficult time, I realized that I could look back, and I could look back at my life and my family, and I could look back at all those things and live my whole life looking back. And in doing that, there would be always regret because every one of us wishes we'd made different decisions. There's not one of us in here that went, every decision I've ever made has been perfect. If so, you're probably on drugs because it's just not true. We've all made decisions we wish we hadn't made. And if we dwell on those, we'll live a miserable life. Then there are those of us that maybe you're a little more optimistic. That's the pessimistic view. The optimistic view is let me look at the future. And in looking at the future, you can only hope that it turns out the way you're dreaming it will. All the while missing out on what you have available today. This lady says that both... Cases, looking back, looking forward, are what cause our suffering. Because you can't do anything about the past, and there's no promise that tomorrow will turn out the way you're dreaming. So I have today. So I need to love what is right now. So don't worry about who's coming to town. Don't worry about the Christmas turkey. Don't worry about all those things. Just think, I'm alive today. I'm well today. I'm in the house of God today. I'm watching from my bed in my pajamas, eating things I shouldn't be eating today. And we're glad that you are. But I can see, put it down right now. Rebuke it in the name of Jesus. When he had called together all the peoples, chief priests, teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of all my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now, I like to think about the Christmas story in so many different ways. One of which is I I want to look at Joseph and Mary, which we took a strong look at last week. And um, we talked about the difficulty that they had to go through to confront the chaos that was going on. And all that they had to deal with and how it may look beautiful to us. Thousands of years later and that they were chosen by God and how wonderful and special that must have been. And yet we overlook the challenges that they faced in being obedient to God. Can I tell you something? Being obedient to God sometimes comes with great difficulty and obstacles. There have been many people that have literally given their lives out of obedience to following God to places they were called to serve Him things they were called to do that put them in a risky situation and it would also lead them into their eternity, what we would call prematurely, but was it really prematurely? I mean, we have to ask the question, if our steps are ordered by God, when I die, am I dying a premature death? Well, I'm at the age now where nobody would call it premature. (laughs) You know you're old when they say he died prematurely. No, he's just old you know that that's a horrible thing i'm realizing that you know it, that it would never be that would never be something someone would say but we don't know what premature is we don't we don't know what that looks like because if in fact our steps are ordered by the lord we have nothing to worry about i believe that we'll live our number of days and we will do everything we can to do all that we were called to do during the days that we live that means we take advantage of today so in order to confront this Christmas chaos, number one, if you're taking notes, make life wonderful. Jesus looked at the disciples before they became known as the disciples, and he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. We live in a world anymore where if, if you say that to somebody, we don't want to be made, we don't want to make something happen, we want something to happen. Let me tell you, you won't become who you're called to be without there being obstacles and difficulty, and you will have to make decisions to make life wonderful. Because I promise you in life there are lemons. That is not the problem. You just need to find the sugar cane. Because you can make life sweet when it comes up sour. It's not always easy. It's not always something you want to do. But we all have decisions to make, so we need to make life wonderful. It says, we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Most of the time, instead of making life wonderful, we're making excuses about the life that we're living. Well, you know, if I'd have grown up in the right neighborhood, if I'd have grown up in the right family, if I'd have been born at a different time, and and we start trying to make excuses for where we are today and maybe why we're here and why we made decisions instead of saying, God, you know, that was just a bad decision. It was a wrong way to handle things. And that becomes the shaping of who you are. We have too many people blaming their mom and dad for where they are today. That somebody else is the reason for our season and that we didn't put ourselves here. You know what? That may be true, but you have the opportunity now to make life what you want it to be. You have the opportunity today to make decisions that will make you into the person that you dream of becoming. Instead of looking back and finding all the reasons why you are where you are and why you are who you are, you need to look to heaven and say, I'm not going to be who they said I was going to be. I'm going to make my life something different. I'm going to make my life wonderful. Yeah, some of y'all get together at Christmas and there'll be five people start talking about how bad it was where we grew up and when we grew up and the way things were. And, then you know, I, I, I'm one of those people that could easily do that where I grew up. I can look back and go, man, if we'd have lived in another place, we'd have handled things differently, if we'd have had different opportunities. And so this time of year, we, we start wrapping up our 2018 thoughts. What happened? What did I do? What didn't I do? What did I accomplish? I got fired. I lost my car. I lost my house. And before you know it, you've talked yourself into a funk. You are digging a hole instead of creating a runway to take off for 2019. Say, today is a different day. Today is a new day. And I'm going to do things a new way. We have to make life wonderful. Make time for making Life special. Make time. See, man, we just want to make something special out of this. Man, there are people who get mad at me because when they start talking about negative things, I just start saying, well, you know, I just try to turn them around. Because if I go there with them, it's not going to be pretty. It's just, I'm just going to be one more brick on the pile of ugly, and we're going to build a wall to the glory of negativity. A monument to negativity. But it's true, you know they're idiots. Well, yeah, it's true, but I don't want to talk about idiots. Where's that conversation taking us? We know they're an idiot now. At the end of the conversation, they're going to be an idiot square. Idiot times ten. So now we're having a conversation. It's only going to get worse if we talk about how bad it is. If things are bad and you know they're bad, why don't you start talking about what can we do to make them better? Start having a conversation. Let's talk about making this situation different than what it currently is. I'm telling you, love never fails. If, if somebody comes to your home and they're bitter and they're angry, just go up and give them a big hug. And keep hugging them until they can't take it anymore. And they leave. Or they change. Well, I hate glasses, but my contacts were jacked up. Some of y'all thought I was just an old guy with 20-20. Well, one of the ways we make life special, and I, you got my phone call this week. seems to work in reverse. I said, make a commitment to be in church every Sunday. Now, look at y'all. You're here. Where are y'all? What, you decide just to rebel because the pastor's call? I'll show him I ain't coming to church. i watch online. What if I told you we were giving out $100 bills to everybody here? You'll you'll run down here in your pajamas. You won't even put your clothes on. Take your time. You ain't getting one anyway. It's for everybody who came in before 945. I'm just kidding. You ain't getting nothing but some love from God. (laughs) I'll take that all day long. That's better than a $100 bill. Some of you disagree. So, you, know, you don't hug that good. You ain't got a $100 hug. Okay. Make it possible. Now, this is big because most of the time our flesh wants to repay. Okay. It wants to get people back. It wants to, you know, we want to be a part of the vengeance process of God. Make, make it possible for others to have a wonderful life you want to overcome Christmas chaos help others overcome help others conquer the chaos encourage one another I know these are simple thoughts but you know how easy it is to get off on being negative to talking about what other people have done what they're doing wrong how bad they are you know how easy that is that's our human nature that's not our God nature our God nature is crying out, let me be a voice. Let me weigh in. Let me be a part of this conversation. Let me help you. Lift others up. Zig Ziglar put it this way. He said, he climbs highest who helps others up. The person who is climbing the highest is the person helping other people get to where they need to go. You say, well, they don't deserve it. Neither do you. Neither do I. None of us do. It's not what we deserve. It's what we're called to do in spite of what we deserve. We all deserved hell, but God didn't look and say, y'all jacked up. Uh, Y'all just go to hell. He said, I'm going to send my son because he who climbs highest helps others up. Jesus came to help us up. That's what we're called to do as we address the holiday season is to be Happy and smiley. I know, man, when you go shopping and there are people driving, they're darting in front of you. They're getting your parking space. What you ought to do this year is just carry Windex with you and and a rag. And when somebody darts in front of you, just go out and clean their windshield. What are you doing? I just want to be a blessing because you parked in my spot. Can't say that. But what can we do? What can we do to think about others? What can we do to think about others? To help others up? I looked at Susan. She looked at me this year. And I said, you know, don't you get me one thing for Christmas. It's not that, you know, giving is good and, and, and receiving is good and all those things. I just want to focus on other people. Now, anybody else who wants to do that can do that as well. But if you were to ask me what I wanted, I'd say, I don't want anything. It's not, Do you need anything? Probably not. I mean, can we be honest? We use the word need. I, I, I'm fine. You're probably fine. Most of us are probably fine. There are probably some legitimate needs. For sure, there are legitimate needs. But we choose, not based on what we receive, but based on what we know and what we can do to make life wonderful. Second thing is... To mark those wonders. Mark life's wonders. Most of us live our lives being marked by what's happened to us. Instead of marking what we can do in the name of God to help other people. Marking great moments, great memories. Marking those moments. I, I'll i never forget my spiritual birthday. It was a moment that marked my life. And so it's a moment I will mark The rest of my life, I celebrate two birthdays every year. I have a physical birthday that my mom and dad somehow, I hope, chose to have me. They never told me otherwise, but I think after about when I was 16, they probably questioned that decision. They chose my physical birth. I chose my spiritual birth. You choose your spiritual birth. That's your choice. Being born again is not up to your family. It's not up to your mom, your dad, your teachers, Sunday school teacher. It is up to us, each and every one of us. And so we need to mark those moments. When you, I mark not my, just moments. I mark locations. There are moments I can drive by somewhere and I go, I remember that place. I remember who was there. I remember the song that was playing. And, and you say, well, what if it's a bad thing? I look and say, it's in the past. It's not bad anymore. I am more than a conqueror, an overcomer. What the devil meant for harm in that place, God turned for good. Look at me now. I'm born again. I'm set free. I'm living for God. I remember. I used to work at a nightclub when I was 20 years old. You couldn't even get into. You was 21. I was working at 20. I was. I'll never forget. I don't know how the devil wanted me so bad. He employed me underage at a nightclub, one of the biggest nightclubs in Tulsa. I had a job. I'm IDing people. I'm not even old enough to get in. Now you tell me that's not the devil. And the name of that place, and I can drive by there today, I can tell you right now, it's 20th Century Electric Company. It was the height of disco. Big collared satin shirts, bell bottoms, quilted shirts. It was pathetic. Whoever invented double knit polyester is in hell today. <laughs> you remember angel flight suits and all that stuff, baby? They were you were fly if you had one of those on, baby. But I can drive by out there about 46 in Mingo, and I can look at that nightclub, which I think now is a country club—not a country club, but a country bar. And I drive by there, and I can, remember, I can remember a lot of things. And I look, and I go, but by the grace of God, I am free by the grace of God. You see, it, it, some people say, I couldn't go by there. It's a bad memory. No, for me, it's, it's a memory that marks a victory in my life that the devil tried to kill me, but he was unsuccessful. <laughs> you see, you need to start remembering the devil's the loser, he lost 2,000 years ago. He thought he could keep Jesus in a cave, in that tomb. He thought he could keep him. He didn't know that Jesus owned God's gym. And that there were some massive angels. that That's what they worked out with was boulders because they didn't have steel. You know, they had the boulders. You know, they had to work out with them. Messed up their plans. When you run through difficult times, it's important that you have some battles to remember. Those are things that you mark in your life to say, I remember when. I think about the story of David. Little David, little bitty David, forgotten, taking care of his daddy's sheep. His brothers are at home. He's out in the backside of nowhere. And he's out there and he thought, you know, I could sit out here and I could have a pity party. All my brothers are at home watching HDTV, ESPN, watching gladiators. And I'm out here by myself. Woe is me. God, smite my daddy. No, just smite my brothers. Give them leprosy, God. Get praying specifically. But David had a sling that he'd gotten the Christmas before. I know there was no Christmas because Christ had not come. but It's part of the story. David's out there with a the sling and all of a sudden he, he could have said, I don't care if they eat my daddy's sheep and my daddy's flock. You know, he deserves to have me. And he'd leave me a little old bitty boy out here with a sling. And that's all I got. David said, you know what? Anybody that. Any, any animal that comes after my, my daddy's flock, I'm going to take him out. So David killed a lion. Can you imagine killed him, killing a lion? Let's think about this for a moment. We think about a 30-odd six or something like that, you know, from 200 yards out, in a cage, protected. How close do you have to get to a lion to kill it with a rock? That's what I think about. I mean, first off, it's great that he killed him. But I'm thinking, what was he thinking when that lion is coming after that animal? And he knows if he misses, it's going to turn and come after little David. I'd be less scared of a bear, but I'd still be scared. David just acted like it was nothing. And that would be great. Wouldn't that be a great story to tell? You know, I killed a lion with a sling and a bear. But that really wasn't the story that God wanted him to tell. God was getting David ready for a giant. See, some of y'all, you you looked at that lion and said, enjoy yourself. You need any Tabasco sauce? (laughs) That ain't my sheep. That's my daddy's here. Have some Tabasco sauce. Enjoy your dinner. No, David said, no. He said, I'm going to take care of what I'm supposed to take care of. Because the day would come when the real reason behind David killing the lion and the bear was so he'd have the confidence to take out a giant that was trying to take out God's people. See, you're in preparation right now for Christmas holidays. You've been taking care of lions and bears, but Uncle Herod's going to be at your house at Christmas. A giant of negativity, a giant of doubt, a giant of disturbance, a giant of turmoil is coming for Christmas. you got to be ready. you got to be confident that I'm not telling you to stone your uncle. I'm just simply saying whatever you have been through this year, Whatever battle, you can look and say, I'm still standing. I'm still here. I didn't quit. I'm going to rise up. I'm ready for the giant. I'm ready for what's ahead. I'm ready because I made things happen today, and I'm marking those victories. So when David goes to the front line and he asks the question, what's going on here? They said, well, you know, this this big old guy out here, what's he doing? And he starts taunting. David hears him taunting the armies of the living God. David said, hold it. Something's wrong here. I think I know why I killed a lion. I think I know why I killed a bear. God prepared me for a moment that would take care of a nation, his people, and now I am ready. I'm going to mark those moments that will give me this moment and give me this victory. You didn't go through what you went through. Just to go through it? How did you handle it? Can you mark that moment and say, I made it? I look at life totally different now. I can mark the good times. I can mark the bad times. Let me tell you all something. When you fall down, get up. When somebody turns the light out, put a new light bulb in. Do something. Don't just lay there in the dark and moan and groan. You rise up and you say, I will not give up. I will get up. I will step up. I will speak up. Too often, we just allow things in our lives. We don't mark the things in our lives. Every battle you win. Every battle you face is a step toward winning the war that is before you. There will always be obstacles. And for some reason, we call this the spirit of Christmas. And there are people who have a good two or three weeks, oftentimes, and they go back being the devil they were the other 50 weeks out of the year. There is something about this season that we kind of wake up and go, I remember some things and maybe they're true, maybe they're not. I don't serve a spirit of Christmas. I serve a risen Savior. I don't need a spirit. I have the Holy Spirit. You don't need a spirit. You don't need a season you simply need a reason and he gave us that reason thousands of years ago to rise up and say I'm going to mark my life nobody my parents are not going to leave a mark on me I'm making a mark for myself regardless of what you said what you did or did not do I'm marking my life and realizing I was created for more than I could ever think ask or imagine you got to rise up with some confidence Instead of talking about your defeats, ask yourself the question, what did I learn? I'm going to mark that moment. I learned I can't fix everything. I can't fix everybody. I can't even fix me. But I know the one who made me can fix me. And I look to him and say, you know, you can fix me, God. You made me, you can repair me, you can restore me, you can redeem me, you can do everything that needs to be done. Your best days are ahead, your worst days are behind you. Yeah, there'll be some hard tomorrows, but those tomorrows will soon become yesterdays. Today is today. Tomorrow will someday be a yesterday. don't live in the past. Today will be yesterday, tomorrow. controlled by how you think. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Do you remember David's brothers how tacky and mean they were to him? Who are you? Go back and take care of daddy's sheep. David was not marked by their opinions or their comments. He was marked by his own. He said, I'll mark my life. I'm not going to let you leave a mark on my life. I'm going to mark my life. Thank God my name is Mark. I am marked. (laughs) It becomes easier to face our next challenge head on. James McDuff wrote, Alexander the Great, after crossing the Hellespont, reached the river Granicus, which at the time was in full flood. One of his generals strongly urged him to delay his crossing until it was less perilous. What he said, looking at the river with a smile, shall I disgrace myself after crossing the Hellespont By allowing my advance to be stopped by this rivulet, which means brook, stream, or gully. It's at flood stage. And over he went without a hesitation. He made the choice. Moments in the past can create movements in your future. A lot of people have skeletons in their closet. They've not talked about the things that have happened in their life because they have such incredible regrets. Every lesson you've learned and every mistake you've made is a stepping stone to the future that you're looking into. You are not an accident. Maybe God didn't want you to make the decisions you made, but let me say this to you. God was fully prepared for you to make the dumb decision you made. That's why he sent Jesus. God didn't go, I'm so shocked they did that. He said, "Now I knew all of them were going to be dumb, so I sent my son. I knew they were all going to do wrong, so I sent my son. I knew how things were going to play out in humanity. I mean, my goodness, I put two people in the most plush place I could create on earth, and they ate from the one tree out of the thousands they could have eaten from. They ate from the one I told them not to. Do you think humankind is going to change? We're still eating from trees. God said, don't eat from God's not looking at us going, I am just looking at all the angels and having a board meeting in heaven. I'm just shocked. People are acting like people. Now, I know some of you who might be religious think, well, you know, I'm giving you a free pass to be dumb. I don't need to. You were born with it. I'm just confirming the obvious. Part of the chaos of Christmas is that we're all trying to show ourselves perfect and show ourselves a certain way to make everyone think a certain thought. When you are you, you will not disappoint. Small hurts can have big imaginations, leave them behind. There's this, I think, a song written about it with these words in it. Love like you've never been hurt. Because people who embrace their hurt and hang on to it never really love. Love like you've never been hurt. Someone's been bad to you, love them even more. It's what God did to us. We had disobeyed. We'd gone our own way. We had thought our own thoughts, done our own thing. God said, I'm going to love you because you can't hurt me. I'm going to love you like I've never been hurt because I haven't, because I've chosen not to be. You say, well, that's just really a lot to ask. Well, we're called to be like Jesus. We're called to be like God. Can you imagine Jesus dying at the hands of a bunch of sinful people and looking down from that cross and going, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Wouldn't that be great if you could say that about the boss who mistreated you, the spouse who left you, the loss of the house, the loss of the mortgage you look and just say, God, I just forgive them? Life is as happy as we'll make it. The last thing is magnify the wonderful things about life. Make life wonderful. Mark the moments in your life that will help make it wonderful. And magnify the things about life that will continue to make it wonderful. Zig Ziglar said he went to the ticket counter. This was years ago. And if any of you ever read Zig, one of the most positive motivational speakers ever. I used to read his stuff all the time. And he said, I went to one of the most beautiful airports In the world. He said he was met by a frustrated ticket clerk. He gave her his flight number and she quickly replied, That flight has been canceled. To which Mr. Ziegler replied, Great! By the way, thousands of flights have been canceled this weekend, today. I read about it. You can imagine the frustration. She looked at him, puzzled and even frustrated. What are you talking about, she asked. Great. He replied, well, there's not another available flight for hours, she said. To which he replied, great. Now really irritated by his positive outbursts, what, she asked again. He said, great. Where else in Chicago can I get this kind of office space and not pay for it? I've been many times where Mr. Ziegler was, canceled flights in different parts of the world, and I've, I've sat back and I've watched people attack the clerk who had nothing to do with the weather, had nothing to do with the decision to cancel the flights, and they're shooting the messenger. And you can imagine just for a moment the frustration. Now, let me just tell you, I would love to know who this clerk was because her life was probably marked forever by a man who chose to be positive and affirming during difficult times and magnify the right things in front of a very frustrated clerk. And I promise you, she's told that story numerous times. This man is crazy. He said, you know what? Life is not going to mark me. I'm going to make it wonderful. I'm going to magnify the right things. I'm not going to magnify the wrong things. I'm going to keep my focus on the right things, and I'm going to make a wonderful life out of a very difficult situation. So important that we keep a right focus and magnify the right things. Too often you say, well, what are the things that really keep us from doing that? Looking around instead of looking up. John chapter 21, verse 20, Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Yeah. Peter's all worried about everything going on, trying to take care of Jesus. You know, he cuts off ears for Jesus like Jesus can't take care of his own business. You know, Jesus didn't need a bodyguard. Yeah. Jesus is like, hmm. I mean, Jesus could move mountains. He could do all this stuff. So I call it witty Christianity. What is that to you? Be witty this holiday season. Quit worrying about everybody else, magnifying everybody else's behavior, magnifying everybody else's problem and issues. It's time for you to be witty. What is that to you? You don't need to think about it. You don't need to worry about it. You need to magnify the Lord with me. Magnify grace and his power will be released. When you have Jordan rivers, Red Seas, lion's dens, lions and bears and fiery furnaces. You really won't give much thought to Egypt's and your Jericho's. You got other things to face. When you find yourself in a fire, go to Target. Get you some marshmallows, Hershey bars, and graham crackers. (laughs) And something to make s'mores with. I mean, the fire. It's all right. I like hot dogs. It's all about perspective. Mary could have said, well, God, you sent an angel. And I told you, be it done unto me according to your word. But you didn't tell me. I'd have your son in a stinky manger. I was thinking the Ritz-Carlton, maybe the Four Seasons. I'm in a manger. I'm in a stall. She could have turned easily and said, God, I had no expectation I'd be on a donkey. I had no expectation it would be this rough. I didn't know it was going to be this way. She could have turned real quick and she just said, you know what? What is that to me instead of what is that to you? Is what is that to me? All I know is I obeyed God. He didn't promise me a rose garden. I think there was a song back in our era. Some of y'all would be way too fluffy for you. I never promised you a rose garden. This year, conquer the Christmas chaos. Christmas wonderful. It's not just going to be wonderful. It's going to be what you make it. If somebody's not living life to your liking and the way you want, treating you the way you'd like, don't let that mark your life. You mark your life. Say, I chose this Christmas to love, show grace, and show mercy. And I chose to magnify the wonders of Christmas. Isn't it great that we all get together? Isn't it great that... We're alive and well. Isn't it great that we might be able to help somebody this year? Look beyond yourself. Look beyond the moment. And say, you know what? I'm going to magnify the right things. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your grace and mercy toward us. May we demonstrate and exhibit the same toward others. God, we want to walk in the power of your spirit that requires surrender and sacrifice. Surrendering our lives to you and sacrificing some of the things we like to do or we think we should do. Jesus, thank you for giving us the opportunity to celebrate another year. Didn't quite turn out the way we thought it might. Maybe even the way we had hoped. But God, I thank you that we didn't quit. We're still standing. We've shown resilience, tenacity, faith, confidence. Lord, I pray for a peace that passes all understanding. Heads bowed and eyes closed. There may be those of you that have not made Jesus the Lord of your life and you can't magnify the Lord because he's not even Lord to you. And I want to ask you to pray a prayer with me. Those of you watching online, those of you in-house, pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your only son to die on the cross for me. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I repent of my sins and I give my life to you. Amen.